Can you heal from abuse? What do I do after leaving my narcissist? What does a healthy relationship look like? These concerns cross the minds of over 20 people every minute, over 28,800 people every day. And the sad fact is, we still don't talk about it enough. Healing from emotional abuse isn't a band-aid situation, but it doesn't have to take years either. The lives of millions of other survivors around the world have been impacted by their narcissist. Yours doesn't have to. To show you how to live a free, confident, and peaceful life, your host and founder of the Healing from Emotional Abuse philosophy, Marissa F. Cohen. This episode of Healing from Emotional Abuse is brought to you by the Healing from Emotional Abuse philosophy. Have you ever wondered why you keep falling for the same type of person, wondering when it's going to be your turn to have control of your life? Now is the time. The Healing from Emotional Abuse philosophy, the three keys to overcoming narcissism, is an easy-to-follow program where I show you how to release your trauma in a safe and healthy way, build resilience, confidence, self-esteem, self-love, and self-worth, and then rebuild your environment. Surround yourself with healthy people and energy. Your life is yours, and the decisions you make should reflect the people in your life who deserve to be there. People who treat you with kindness and respect, who value you and show you that you are worthy of love every single day. Friends who love and support you and are positive and inspirational and a partner who encourages you to achieve your goals and think bigger than you've ever thought before. Following my three-step system will change your life. I fell into the cycle of abuse, dating narcissist after narcissist, each one of them taking a piece of me with them. And I struggled to know who I was or who I could trust for a long time but I learned all the right steps to take and want to help everyone else who's struggling like I did do the same. I don't want to lose any more survivors to suicide, addiction, or self-harm. There is help out there. So I'm offering my book, The Healing from Emotional Abuse Philosophy, The Three Keys to Overcoming Narcissism for free. Scan the QR code in the show notes to get your free copy of my best-selling book filled with exercises and activities to help you overcome your trauma. In addition to my book, I'm also offering a free coaching session where we'll put together a healing plan specifically for you. Make an appointment with me at schedulealcallwithmarissa.com. That's schedule, S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E, a call, C-A-L-L, with Marissa, M-A-R-I-S-S-A.com. It's time to take your life back and live with confidence, freedom, and peace. Welcome back to the Healing from Emotional Abuse podcast. I'm Marissa F. Cohen, your host. And today we are blessed to have Melinda Prince here with me, a beautiful, incredible, intelligent survivor who's going to talk to us about the mental health aftermath of abuse. So welcome on, Melinda. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, your story, and how you got here? Um, I'm a 43-year-old mom of five. Um, I was married to my ex-husband for 15 years. I should also add I'm a student that's now going back trying to get, like, my high school diploma and things like that. Um, I, I grew up in abuse, so when I married a man... And, and got with a man who started abusing me, um, it felt relatively normal. I didn't realize that 
that's not how normal relationships are supposed to be. Um, it started with pinching, um, pinching, then it went to biting, to hitting, pulling hair, um, things like that. Uh, I have to take a deep breath for a sec. Um, take your time, no worries. Um, controlling, you know, every aspect of my life. Um, that he possibly could. Uh, I, I don't know if you like specific situations. Um, one time we were having an argument over, I think it was something that I made for dinner and I, he drug me by my, like threw a baked potato and hit me in the face with it. And I immediately fell to the ground just to protect my head. And, um, he drug me by my hair and just dead weight into the next room where he proceeded to kick and punch me in my head, my ribs, my side. And it was always like where my hair was when he would kick me in the head or hit me, punch me in the head, um, or he'd rip out my hair. Um, and it's because you can't see it under the hair. Um, and I made so many excuses for it. Like if I had just did this different or if I had just done that different, um, because growing up in abuse and neglect, I learned everything was my fault. Um, <laughs> so it was easy and it was almost like normal to me that it was my fault. If I just hadn't made him angry, if I had just made what he wanted or things of that nature. Um, he was a cheater. He was a narcissist. Everything was about him. Um, it was never about me or our children. Um, it was about him. Uh, I did the best I could to like shield our kids. You know what I mean from that? Yeah, absolutely. Physical, the physical abuse of all of it. And, um, they were relatively young when I got out, thankfully. Um, but the constant cheating and then when he would be caught, it was my fault again that he was cheating on me or he would beat me for questioning him about it. Um, you know, I tried to, he was in the military. He was a sergeant. He went overseas um, to Iraq uh, for Operation Iraqi Freedom. And uh, when he was there, I tried to get away. And he would call me. Do not ask me how. Because he was in a war zone, supposed to be doing a job. It would be all day long. He was calling me, calling me, calling me, trying to keep tabs on me. And whenever I tried to get away, um, he would use manipulations like, oh, they just told me I have cancer. Um, anything he could to guilt me, but yet I would fall for it, if that makes sense. You know, you're the third person to tell me that an abuser said that to you, that I was diagnosed with cancer or I was diagnosed with this terminal illness. Please don't leave me. And that's such a sick, twisted manipulation tactic. I hate that. I do too. And, you know, at that point we had children. And so 
uh, and let me just say, when you're, a, you know, a single person without kids, not that it's easier to get away, um, to recognize what's happening or to get away from it. It's really not easier, but I feel like it would have been easier maybe for me. But once I had children, I was constantly thinking about them. Do I really want to tear their family apart? He's such a good dad to them. Um, you know, he doesn't abuse them. He isn't, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I actually tried to leave and my daughter at that point was two, three years old, and she would just cry for hours to wanting her dad. And so then, and I was pregnant with, with my son. Um, I, what was I going to do? You know, it was heartbreaking, and I didn't know what to do. And I felt like my daughter's in pain, and it's my fault. So I'm a person that has always taken a lot of people's problems onto my shoulders and said, oh, well, this is my fault. I mean, honestly, Marissa, like, my friend could be talking to me and she'll be like, oh, this is what I'm going through. This happened. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And they always say, why are you apologizing? You didn't do it. Yep. But I just think it's something that abused children and abused women make a habit of and it's a very hard habit to understand not everything all the problems in the world are not on your shoulders and they're not it's not your fault thank you so much for sharing all of that i really appreciate it and you're totally right i mean my husband calls me out on it all the time that i over apologize for things it's it's a silly small thing but it it's a horrible habit and we really do take all the responsibility on our shoulders but i yeah. want I want to segue. So you've endured from childhood into adulthood and marriage. You endured all of this abuse and sexual abuse. So what, what came of that from you? Like, was there any aftermath or, or emotional toll that it took on you? Um, yeah, I also just want to say like, for those, like for those people who think that, that, just to touch back on that, women who have children with abusers and narcissists and manipulators, they always think about their kids. And my, for me, my moment was when I realized my daughter is now five. And I don't want my daughter to think this behavior is okay because she will marry a man just like him. She'll look at that and say, it was good enough, like, for my mom. My mom tolerated it. Now I not. So she won't know any different, basically. And I didn't want my sons to grow up and think that that behavior was okay either. Um, so um, in the aftermath, when we divorced, you know, we shared custody, whatever. Um, he ended up sexually abusing our daughter. Um and he's in prison. And I have fought every step of the way to keep him there. Um, the aftermath of it, the emotional toll has been horrendous. Not just with what happened with my daughter, uh, with our daughter, but like the emotional trauma that I couldn't even, I met an amazing man and I couldn't even let him know my raw emotions. 
I kept myself guarded where a normal, which I hate using the word normal. I hate that people that haven't been in that situation would meet somebody who's kind and giving and wants to be romantic and sweet and do nothing but love you and care for you. In my mind, all I was thinking is if you're vulnerable, that, that that's dangerous. So I have to keep my guard up with everyone. And it's not just him. It's family. It's friends. And I've learned about myself that from a small kid forward, um, I was more on the defensive a lot of times with people. If they said something that hurt my feelings, I would lash out um, and be mean back instead of just saying, hey, that hurt my feelings because I had to be strong mentally. And I didn't realize I wasn't really being strong. I was just trying to protect myself. And it's really hard to trade in your brain not to do that. That's so important. You know, um, we really now, do. <clears throat> did you experience that at all where you're like, oh, I just need to protect myself. This is not safe. Like, when's the other shoe going to fall? Like, when is he going to get mad and knock me out? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And even after I left my first abuser, um, yeah, my mom and I used to fight like crazy. My mom and I didn't fight for all of my teens. We were like, we had a great relationship. You know, I went away to college. I experienced this abuse and sexual assault. And when I came back, I was always defensive. And my mom used to call me on that all the time that she she felt that everybody that I was reacting as if everybody was attacking me all the time. Yeah, or out to get you. Yeah, yes, everybody was out to get me and I couldn't help it. Um, I didn't yep. start doing it until she called me out on it. Not that yep. it any better, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the truth of it, though. It's something I did not realize until one day I was like, "I love this man. Like, why am I lashing out at him and being mean? Like, why can't I just say to him when you said that it hurt my feelings or it upset me, and talk to him in a calm manner?" And express to him like what's going on through my brain and the emotions that I'm feeling right now and just allowing myself to be vulnerable. And I think it's because people use that to hurt me so many times in life, whether it be physical, sexual, um, any way possible. So, but I've on my own through like self, I've done a lot of self-reflection work, um, whether it's like sitting down and just when my kids are at school in the quiet and just stopping back, like stepping back and self-reflecting, why did I respond that way? Like thinking about it, like in depth, why did I respond like that? Or why did I behave like that? Or things like that. And understanding like, I need to change that. How am I going to change that? Because it's almost involuntary. Yeah. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. I like, do, but if you want to expand, yeah. So it's almost involuntary until you start to heal and like do the like self-reflection work as to why you are behaving like that or responding like that. It, it's instinctual. It, it's almost like the brain has re- trained itself to naturally respond that way. I'm 40.
three years old. And my brain has been responding that way my entire life because I learned this at a very young age. Yet you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And did you learned to, to like protect myself. Right. And did you notice that that impacted other relationships or friendships? Yep. Friendships, um, friendships, family dynamics. I mean, my own daughter would try to talk to me and I would, and if she said something that I felt was hurtful, I would yell at her or get mean with her. And as, as a teenager, she didn't understand why. And I look back and I'm like, gosh, that was a silly thing to like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just say to my daughter, well, that was a crappy thing to say. It hurt my feelings. You know, why didn't I cry when she said it in front of her? Um, you know, instead of reacting and trying to protect myself, it was almost, in, it was instinctual. It happened and I didn't even realize it until I really started stepping back and like thinking about things and what, you know, looking at myself hard and saying, why are you doing that? that that's not quite right you shouldn't do that like and this is why you shouldn't i'm expecting people to understand why i'm behaving this way and they don't because i'm not communicating properly why i am right does that make sense absolutely it absolutely makes sense i mean the other thing is a huge trust the aftermath of all this is trust in your partner so what do you mean? You have to find trust in your partner? Uh, here's a good example. Just as just an example. I have been with my husband since 2010. Never give me a reason to not trust him. Nothing. But I let him go away for the weekend with some friends um, to a big group event. And the and you know i said to him before he left because i'm able now to kind of like i want him to understand i'm not trying to be controlling i'm not trying to be crazy but i need need him because he loves me to understand how my brain functions because of the things i've been through so that we can work together to make this as easy as we can you know what i mean when situations arise so while I said, when you leave, he didn't want to go because he knew I'd be worried if he was going to cheat on me. And it goes back to my self-esteem and the things from my past, my trauma from my abuser. And I explained to him, it's not your fault. In my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but you thought you could trust other people too. And it, it was a bad idea. This is how it turned out. They used your trust to cheat on you and to abuse you. So my mind is constantly going. And I told him, but I want you to go and have fun. But in my mind, I the whole time he was gone, I was thinking, well, he's probably going to cheat on me. And so when he came home on Sunday, I was a mess because I let those negative intrusive thoughts into my head and I literally had to say, say to him this is not your fault this is my fault and I don't know how I'm going to fix that quite yet <laughs> but I'm working on it 
it's hard for him to understand because he's never been through those things. So how, so how would you help somebody who might be in a situation that you were in? Like, what would you tell them to say to their partner that they want to develop trust with? Like, how would you instruct them to have one of those really difficult conversations? Because it's not an easy conversation at all. Have you experienced narcissistic abuse, emotional abuse, and gaslighting? From that experience, you might also be feeling anxious, depressed, insecure, doubting your decision-making, ashamed, confused, isolated, having PTSD flares, cognitive impairment, difficulty sleeping, headaches, trust issues, and so much more. If any of this feels close to home, we want you to know that you are not alone. It is estimated that over 158 million people in the United States alone have experienced emotional abuse, and help is here. We want to invite you to join us on an amazing journey for you to overcome your trauma with a community of people who share your struggle, specifically designed to help you heal your narcissistic trauma, break free from toxicity, and experience the respect, love, and healthy experiences you deserve. It's called More Than Surviving, and it begins on May 14th. This virtual group coaching is a six-week, one-hour-per-week boot camp to kicking your trauma out of your body. It has no place inside of you anymore. Here's just some of what you'll learn from our over 62 years of combined research and real-life experience. Learning how to love yourself again. Identifying the healthy people in your life who will be your support system releasing your trauma so you're not holding on to it anymore, action-based activities and exercises to use when you need them, building confidence, boosting self-love, recognizing yourself, your value and worth, and your needs and acknowledging them, identifying and celebrating your wins because for so long they've been undermined, reminding yourself daily of the amazing person you are, moving past surviving, taking back your power and living a life filled with confidence, freedom, and peace, rebuilding the toxicity that might be clouding you and your environment and turning it into a refreshing and healthy, safe space and learning how to trust yourself again after gaslighting, set better boundaries, and so much more. Will you join us? Visit www.morethansurvivingabuse.com dot com to register now that's www.more m-o-r-e than t-h-a-n surviving s-u-r-v-i-v-i-n-g abuse a-b-u-s-e dot com we'll see you there on may 14th registration ends may 13th so make sure you grab your spot while it's still available No, and it's scary to lay your emotions out like that because any like I people have used that to destroy me or attempt to destroy me um, and just break my soul to my soul. So I would say it takes a lot of work, and I just kept reminding myself. On Sunday, when I was emotionally spent, I thought, why am I doing this? Like, he's not them. 
and he's never giving you a reason to believe that he doesn't love you. Um, he's been good to you for the entire time you've been together, and he stuck it out through everything. And it wasn't easy because I was a complete crazy messed up mess from the trauma I had just left. So, and he stuck it out. There were times I'd wake up with night terrors and he would just sit in bed and put his legs and arms around me and rock me till I fell asleep. I have to trust him. I can't just spend my life being afraid all the time. So if I was going to give anybody advice it would, about that would be, in some way, you just have to take the leap. Those thoughts are probably still going to be there, but talk to your partner about them. So where a normal partner would say, mm, I don't know why I would need to call home when I'm out with friends at whatever time or answer your call, he'll answer my call. Or he'll text me just to let me know. Like he texted me and he said, please don't worry. Like you're my heart and soul and I would never do anything to hurt you. Oh, that's really sweet. And it's good right. to have that communication. You know, you have, you are on the same playing field. You're on the same team. You know, yeah. you support each other. He supports you for, you know, the experiences you've had. And he will act on that support. And you support him by, you know, letting him and trusting him and putting the faith in him that he will come back and he will, you know, that he is a trustworthy partner. I think that that's incredible. Yes. And it's because of his love that I even was able to step back in my love for him. I felt he was strong enough to allow me the time I needed to heal and that he could handle He's seen it before he even decided to marry me. So he knew it was going to be a rough go at the start. But eventually my love for him kicked in and was like, eh, I better start dealing with some of this because it's really not fair to him. And what I'm doing is hurting him. Right. So I don't want to be treating other people how I was treated. So then I just started trying to work through my stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty good thing. Um, but it's just little things like that. You know what I mean? That you struggle with in the aftermath. Or my son would come in in the mornings. He's 15. And, like, we're so many years out. And, you know, he came in to wake me up the other morning to get everybody up for school. And without thinking because he's 15 and he doesn't know a lot about what happened with me and his dad shook me violently it felt like to wake me up and was like mom and like shook me violent and I almost punched him in the face <laughs> and I had to I had to like come to my senses quickly and be like oh, it's Eli you know what I mean <laughs> and, um, I told him don't ever do that to me like, do not ever do that to me because, you know, the things that I've been through, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's little things like that. And I realize, like, he still has a little bit of power every time something like that happens. He's still controlling my life when something like that happens. It's the PTSD. 
Right. Absolutely. What do you do if you get triggered, like have a PTSD flare up? What, what is it that you do that helps calm you down? I will just take a, like, I will sit in the quiet and I will just not music, nothing else. I will just sit in the quiet and just try to like calmly breathe through it. The breathing helps a lot. And learn something from it from that from that moment and think well I wonder if there's anything I could ever do that's going to make it to where it's not like that you know what I mean absolutely so I know that you have a support group specifically for parents of um, children who have been sexually abused by somebody a parent a friend a neighbor how many people which, which I love. I love being a part of your group. You're just such an incredible leader and you have such a great group of people in there supporting each other. How can people that need that group or want to join that group find it? Um, it's on Facebook. Um, it's just uh, a support group for parents of sexually abused children, I think is the name of it. Several thousand, I think there's like 2,000 members now. And someday there should be a podcasts about why there's even a group that exists like that that requires that many members it's to me that's a horrible number and it's sad yeah I mean I agree I wish that honestly I wish that I didn't have a job I love what I do and I love working with survivors and helping survivors heal and talking to people who've experienced this stuff um, because it's a way for us all to help each other but I truly wish that this wasn't a big enough issue that this barely ever happened or really never happened. Like I wish that this was way less frequent so that we wouldn't have to do this work and we, we wouldn't, you know, have such a huge community of people. It's just, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, it is. And, you know, to any so any person that may be in this or you're coming out of an abusive relationship and you're trying to just make it day-to-day because truly it is a day-to-day process especially when you first get out and you feel like oh I just need to go back because the other aspect of that is thinking when they get with someone else are they going to be different I promise you they won't be. If they can't straighten up for their kids and you know that you love them to your best of your ability and you treated them correctly and you didn't abuse them and they're abusing you, they're not going to be different with the next person. I promise. It may not be right away, but eventually they will go and do exactly what they done to you, to someone else. It's unfortunate. Um, but thank you, thank you so much for, for speaking with me today and for, for coming in here, give us one last piece of advice that you would give to survivors to help them overcome the trauma that they've endured. My last piece of advice would be the moments that you think you're not strong or you think that how could I have ended up in this situation and you feel weak and ashamed, remember that you're strong, you're, you're alive, and you survived that. 
And so when you feel weak, remember that and let it drive you. Let it be the power behind you to say, I deserve to be treated with love, dignity, and kindness. And um, I deserve to get back what I give to someone else in a relationship. Um, just remember, you are strong enough to serve, to walk away. You are strong enough to live while you are in the abuse. You can be strong enough to live outside it and to heal from it. That would be my advice. I love it. Thank you so much again, Melinda, for being here and for all of your words of wisdom and for being so open to share your story with us. I really appreciate it. No problem. I'm happy to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Healing from Emotional Abuse podcast today. Before you go, it's important that you know that what you're feeling is normal. Everyone responds to trauma, narcissism, and abuse differently. Our brains go into survival mode to protect us from harm. But I want to make sure you know that you're not alone. I'm here, and I want to brainstorm ways that I can help ease your healing journey. Imagine you're standing on a cliff, and on the other side of a deep canyon is the life that you dream of. A partner who connects with you, supports you, and empowers you, and makes you laugh and smile. A life filled with freedom, confidence, and peace. Good friendships, strong relationships. I've been where you are now. I've been standing on that edge, dreaming of the life that I have now. And I built the bridge between where you are and that dream that seems unreachable. I've walked this path with thousands of survivors who live a free, confident, and peaceful life now. Let's walk this path together. If you enjoyed this podcast, you have to check out www.marissafaycohen.com backslash private dash coaching. That's www.marissafaycohen.com backslash private dash coaching. Marissa would love to develop a made for you healing plan to heal from emotional abuse. She does all the work and you just show up. Stop feeling stuck, alone, and hurt and live a free, confident, and peaceful life. Don't forget to subscribe to the Healing from Emotional Abuse podcast and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Marissa F. Cohen and Instagram at marissa.fay.cohen. We'd love to see you there.